Welcome to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. My youngest would tell me, Mom, it's yellow, and it's a filmy, gross, foamy thing, and it would smell like open sewer. We've had a city in the United States of America where the population has been drinking and bathing in lead-contaminated water, and the governor of that state acted as though he didn't really care. He had requests for help that he basically stonewalled. We found the worst lead and water contamination that I have seen in 25 years. And it was very scary to see the levels of lead that were hazardous waste levels of lead coming out of her tap water. We were being told we're still getting used to the new system. It's safe. It's okay. They fabricated a report that made it appear like uh, Flint was passing the lead and copper rule with flying colors. Welcome to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs along with Shane Mason and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. By now most of us have heard about the Flint, Michigan water crisis, but to those in Flint and in the state of Michigan this comes as no surprise. Marissa Luna recently wrote for Progress Michigan, in case the Flint water crisis and dismantling of Detroit's public school system didn't convince you, Governor Snyder has yet again proven that he will always value profits over people's lives. In the new state budget, he's calling for privatizing mental health care, turning over mental health services for people who truly need them to private companies whose sole motivation is the bottom line. Why? So he can save the state a few dollars. Here with us is Sam Inglot from Progress Michigan. Sam, thanks so much for being with us today. Tell us about Progress Michigan. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Progress Michigan is a uh, nonprofit nonpartisan communications hub in Michigan uh, that promotes uh, progressive values and principles and acts as a govern, uh, government watchdog in Michigan. Thank Great. goodness. So for those of us not from Michigan, tell us a little bit about Governor Snyder's agenda. Well, uh, since Governor Snyder uh, came into office um, roughly five years ago, um, what we've really seen is putting the profits of corporations over the well-being of the citizens of Michigan as really kind of the forefront uh, of his policy agenda. That began with a $2 billion tax handout to uh, corporations when he first started and cuts to public education and, and attempts to privatize various public services. So it's really been, um, you know, a situation where profits have been put over people, and while corporations might be seeing fatter bottom lines, uh, the people of Michigan and the communities where they live in have really uh, taken a hard hit under Governor Snyder. You know, I find this to be the Republican agenda more and more. So who financed Snyder's campaign? Well, one, he was actually able to finance a, a lot of his own campaign. He was he's pretty independently wealthy. He was a venture capitalist and the CEO of Gateway. But then obviously there are the main folks that we've seen who have attempted to try to block progress in Michigan. One of our big donors here in the state is the DeVos family, um, which heads up the, the Amway Corporation on the west side of the state. And uh, they, they have a very regressive agenda that they're trying to push in Michigan, very against public education and strong public teacher unions. So that's a family that just has the wrong priorities and is only looking to get themselves and other rich folks like them uh, more money for their coffers. But those are the types of folks that we've seen really pushing for Governor Snyder in, in the past uh, elections and the ones, frankly, who benefit from his policies. Yeah, of course. The water crisis seems to be just another in a series of disasters associated with this privatization movement. Uh, has this happened in other areas as well, where it's not gone well? 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I would say the, the move in Flint wasn't necessarily privatization, but what it definitely was was uh, conservative austerity policies. And I think those really kind of go one and the same, really, because, again, it's all about the bottom line. It's not necessarily about uh, the people and, and the communities where they live. Um, we've had huge examples of privatization failures here in Michigan. We had a, an Airmark contract in our for a prison food service that was abysmal from the beginning. We were able to uh, dig up through various FOIA requests that uh, Freedom of Information Act requests, how we receive public documents here in the state. That's something that we're really big into in terms of a government accountability tool. But with the Airmark scandal, we were able to find out that they were serving food that had been chewed on by rodents. Mm. Uh, they were pulling food out of the trash and serving it to inmates. And really, the state was failing to hold Aramark accountable. And then just recently, we uh, had an audit released from the Grand Rapids Veterans Home, which used to be public, but was privatized when Governor Snyder first took office. And this is the second audit that they've had, which basically just shows that the private company that was hired to do the work has been cutting corners and not properly staffing, you know, something that nurses across the country know, you know, firsthand the pressures and the problems that can come with understaffing. Um, failing to check on fall alarms, just failing to properly run the show that they were in charge of. So privatization has been a big problem, um, but I would say Flint is just more about that came about because of his emergency management policies, which stripped democracies away from uh, people in cities and, again, just put the dollar above all else. And it kills me, too, because it's always against the poor, and this is what Bernie's railing against is uh, the 1%. And you know, Citizens United made it possible for somebody like Snyder to get in power and to do all of this. So how do they intend to fix or do they intend to fix this water crisis in Flint? Well, I got to tell you, it's it's really this is an unprecedented man-made crisis. I mean, the city of Flint is is a place really that was already struggling to begin with for a lot of different reasons. And it, none of it had to do with the fault of the, the people that were there, the the people that have stayed in Flint over the years either didn't have a choice to leave or chose to stay to try to better the community. And really what we've seen with this crisis is, you know, it's it's really kind of been a scattershot approach from the state. I mean, if you go in and you talk to folks on the ground, which us at Progress Michigan, we're um, part of the Flint Rising Coalition, which is a group of uh, statewide organizations, but really trying to highlight the work of folks on the ground and, and lift up the voices of the community, because this has been going on for nearly two years. I mean, the, the switch happened in April of 2014. The, the Flint water crisis is not a new phenomenon. It's just the first time that people are paying attention and our elected officials are finally starting to do something about it. But if you talk to somebody with the, the governor's communication shop, perhaps, and somebody who's on the ground, uh, a community organizer in Flint, you're going to get two very different stories. I'm sure. Uh, the state's response has just been completely inadequate. There are people that don't have access to water, even the bottled water. There are people that don't have accurate information. And it's really the folks on the ground who have been doing the work, who have been doing the, the canvassing, making, you know, really kind of a triage almost of the community health impacts of this, going door to door, seeing where people are at, what people's needs are, making sure they have filters, making sure they have water, making sure they have medically accurate information. And really the state has kind of just put a Band-Aid on this crisis over and over again. And so the, the, the state's response has really been inadequate. Governor Snyder has really just kind of waffled on this whole situation when what we need is to pull out all the stops and we need a really aggressive 
radical approach to tackling this because this has never happened before. We've never had a city where 100,000 people cannot turn on their taps and use their water because of the risk of irreversible neurological brain damage. We have thousands of people that uh, have been affected by the lead poisoning, and this is something that's going to last for generations to come. So, but frankly, the response so far has just been abysmal from the state, but it's the people on the ground who have been there from the beginning um, that have really been spearheading the effort to get their community back on track. Why isn't the federal government intervening? Well, you know, this is, this is one of those interesting situations where there's been plenty of blame to go around for this. But ultimately, the responsibility of this falls on the state. The only reason that this happened, the reason that there's PTHMs and E. coli and lead in the water is because an emergency manager appointed by Governor Rick Snyder decided to do it. And in, an equa- in a city where uh, there's an, an emergency manager, like was the case in Flint, and it's been in Detroit and Benton Harbor and other urban areas, mostly minority communities around the state, the only elected official in that equation that has any power is Rick Snyder because he's appointed the emergency manager. And it's just odd to me that you have these, quote-unquote, small government conservatives who want to run everything like a business and focus everything on the bottom line. And then when those policies backfire and thousands of people end up getting poisoned and an entire city that was already struggling is even put further back, then they want to reach out to the federal government that they're constantly attacking and, and bashing for things like uh, the Affordable Care Act, and they want them to come and yeah. fix their problems. This, right. this is the governor's problem. This is the governor's crisis. He created this. People were poisoned by his policies, and it's on him to fix it. Clearly, the, the, the federal government has some role to play, but there are things that the state needs to be doing first and foremost, because this is the governor's responsibility to protect the citizens of Michigan, and he has failed to do that. So, it's not the federal government that has failed here, although the folks in the EPA certainly screwed up quite a bit. But the state is ultimately responsible for this because had an emergency manager never been put in place to flip that switch over to the Flint River, none of this would have ever happened. Which is such a sad thing, and I'm so glad you're there, Sam, to make people aware of what's happening. I want to thank you for your time in advocacy because God knows we need it now more than ever. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you uh you know, give me the time to talk about this, because this is something where, you know, we can't let the attention die down on this. We need to have all eyes on Flint, because frankly, you know, Flint is ground zero right now, but there are a lot of communities around the country that are facing problems with their infrastructure and the results of conservative austerity policies. And Flint is a huge example, um, and, and there's a lot of work to do here, but Odds are that we're going to have other situations like this pop up around the country, and it's just important that people are paying attention to what their elected officials are doing and are ready to hold them accountable and to get to work in their communities to make sure that people have what they need and that we're taking care of each other. Great. We really appreciate it. We've been talking with Sam Inglot of Progress Michigan. If you want an update on this, you can go to progressmichigan.org. To listen to this podcast, visit nursetalksite.com.